You're listening to Buttercuts. On today's episode, we discuss Corn Ferry Tour and the exemptions that the PGA Tour University uh, feeds into there. The LPGA Tour match play right before a major and the soundness of that scheduling idea and much, much more, including Spieth and his struggles on Sunday. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Buttercuts podcast. Weston, how are you? I am recovering from just golf upon golf. <laughs> that is usually what happens when you make a abandoned trip, for sure. Um, so we'll get into it. You, you obviously did some some stories on on your IG and um, you posted it, but we'll for our listeners kind of give us the ranking one to five. Um, and then you can do one to six. I haven't played the preserve, so you can throw that in there too if you want. One to six, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we dive into that, how are you doing? I'm good. I got uh, I'm playing golf tomorrow. Oh, which is good. Where's it going? Uh, just Glenmore Men's oh. League, little Men's League. Yep, love it. That'll be that'll be nice. Been cleared to swing, just not. Nah. I can't. I can't go. Bryce and DeChambeau. <laughs> well, and I, I, mean, I wouldn't do that anyway, but yeah, you never did. But uh, no, that's good. Probably just get out there, bunt a couple drops, just hit some soft irons in, and you'll probably find you you like that. <laughs> uh, it depends if I shoot 31 tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It may be changing strategy. Grab a couple skins, you win the, <laughs> the club tourney that night, and then you'll see. Yeah. Um, well, this is kind of a rehash for you because you've already been to Bandon, so yes, but I, I, I could talk, yeah, for, for ages about about Bandon. So yeah, so, yeah so we'll, we'll set get, it up. Um, yeah, we'll get your you'll get your top five and six. Like I said, um, from what I know and have seen of the preserve, it probably slips in. Uh, ahead of at least one course on my list but right um so yeah well i'll do the top five on the main 18 and i'll talk about where the preserve fits in so um coming in at fifth place was sheep ranch um it is the newest course there and based on you know golf.com's rankings it's it's in 20th place but um it's the highest not the highest ranked, but you know, I guess the lowest, lowest ranked. ranked. Yes. Lowest ranked of the five courses. I love the layout. I thought the par threes were fantastic. Um, I just, I put it there fifth because of course conditions. It's still growing. It's still a new course and it still needs to get mature. Um, but I, I love the aspect of the course and how it was laid out. And I thought uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, in fourth place, Bandon Trails. Um, I thought this was a fantastic course. 
and uh, I love how it started off in the dunes and then weaved through the forest and came back out. Um, the par threes on the trails are are maybe the best, like collective par threes on the entire property, like as a whole. I'm trying to think, but two is two is awesome. Two's awesome. Um, Seventeen's awesome. Seventeen is a beast. Yep. Eleven uh, is it? Ten. Ten's a long one, and then it's like five. The one that's the got the it's yeah the two tiered yeah behemoth. Is that I mean, five? I think, I think so. It's five. But they're they're beautiful par threes. They're incredibly challenging. Um, I thought there was really only like two holes that I felt like, huh. Um, but other than that, like so. Awesome but let's hole. let's go into that because there is one that I actually that you mentioned on your and your Instagram. I think 18's awesome. Oh, you like 18? I like 18. I like the fact in a lot of it is because the predominant wind is kind of into you from the right, right? Yeah. So you have to hit a good tee ball because it's it's a blind blind tee shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that I probably hit some of the best five irons into the wind <laughs> that I've ever hit. Um, yeah. That, I, could, that could do it, but it's just, it's a really challenging, right? You kind of, those last three holes, because 16 is usually dead into the wind and uphill. Yeah. So it's, it's not a, not a cakewalk by any means. 17 is a really tough par three. And then 18, I mean, if you hit a good drive, you've got, you've got a chance. Oh yeah. And, and I think that's, I, I just didn't. I guess I didn't have that much wind. Um, I had a rainstorm roll through and it finally rolled through around nine and then yeah. it was super calm. And so I got to 18 and I smoked my tee shot and I had like 80 yards in. So it was like, I'm to me, I, I wanted something a little bit more challenging, but I guess I just got perfect conditions. So <laughs> it's usually into you and, and, and from the right. And depending on when it is, I think the last time I played there, I think I had nine iron in yeah um and like i said the first first time i played there i had then hit probably one of the best five rounds that i hit with it blowing like 30 25 30 just right into to my face <clears throat> so i mean i don't yeah that yeah. one so oh. far we're basically we're matching on yeah. how we how we rank the courses yeah. the the only hole on trails that i didn't quite appreciate was the one that was built on the side hill um you know you go you have to hike up to the top and you get this amazing panoramic view and you like love it and then you turn left and you've got this fairway that slopes at like a 45 degree angle left to right on the short part, um with a tabletop green oh the um, one that you can drive probably but you it's know on the, it's on the back it's like I want to 14. say it might be 14. It's 14. It's the one where you go up top and that's the first place that Kaiser looked at the property from. Yeah. I, I feel like that hole just didn't fit in with the course. It just, to me, it just didn't fit. Um, the green did. The green was styled perfectly, but just to have, you know, and you did what you can with the land, but it's a 45 degree angle where, you know, you put a shot in the, in the middle of the fairway and you're going to roll down 50 yards to the right which is fine right make it a strategy hold but 
to me just didn't to me it just it, it stuck out that's all it's like one of their signatures like one of the signature holes on the on trails because because it's most people are i mean you i'm surprised you didn't just hit it up there to i mean and, and it is a tough tougher chip but you didn't just smoke it up there to the left of the green yeah i i actually tried to play the golf course per the shots like oh it's 370 yards i'm gonna hit an iron off and then have an, another iron in um i didn't try to you know smash the courses so to speak but, i think that one's only like 308 to the yeah. front edge isn't it but you know i got a par i got out of there um but uh but yeah I, I thought it was a fantastic golf course. Like I'd play it again, like any day. So, um, but number three was Bandon Dunes. Um, I love Lynx courses. So that's why my top three are all the, the more Lynxy type. Yeah. Did you get um, to play Bandon twice? No, I played Sheep Ranch twice. Um, and that was just per the, um desires of the guy who organized the trip because he'd played right. every other golf course and sheep ranch was the one he had and so he played it twice right but i loved bandon i thought it was fantastic i thought uh the layout was a ton of fun we got like perfect fun. weather and um i felt like the course was was designed well and yeah, it's a really good course it's yeah, really I good really liked it i felt like um it finished on the par five and to me that was awesome um i didn't birdie it but it was still rewarding so uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a it is a, a fun course 17 right before it is a it can be a nasty little hole oh yeah that, that green is and what wow. it, what it does is is yeah. is really really pretty cool um so did you so i told you about number two how they've got the original tees that are if you go just walk right through number one green there because the tees they have you play are down and to the left oh um, but if you go up just up and to the right it's the original tees that were made for that hole in that hole from that that point we did it when we did the third third round of a day and it was it was super fun right because it's only like an most of the time it's like an eight iron or something yeah. from the from the bottom one it's a two iron oh, <laughs> from wow. the other one yeah uh, a beast beast of a hole but i didn't i forgot about that and i didn't get to see that tee box but man that would have been really fun to play because um yeah i did hit i think i did hit an eight iron up there and actually birdied that hole which was fun but that's yeah, a good uh, good birdie no matter yeah. where it's at but um, good hole but uh yeah coming in, in second place was old mac um, okay that's so, right now we're just and then know. obviously if we match to this point we're matching all the way yeah. through so old mac resonated with me a lot like i just felt like if i went out to scotland this was the kind of course that i would encounter and there was great holes that would challenge you and um this one we played in some wicked wind um and i made some pars that i felt were like eagles it was yeah. 
crazy. And yeah, the hole may be 380 yards, but that darn thing is playing 490. So, um, it's a yeah. it's a fun hole, and the more of like the couple of t- different times that I've played it, I've actually appreciated because I was as you go through it, you've got those two holes back to back where you've got the the par five that goes, or maybe it's the it's the short par four that has the really raised green, yeah, and then the par five that goes up the hill. Those are the two that I was like, well, these don't really kind of match the rest of the the course but they're fun yeah it was a lot of fun and i mean to give you an idea the wind um if i smoke to drive into the wind like on the the railroad tie hole like mm-hmm. i pummeled my drive and i think i scratched out 240 yards yeah um, and then on one of the holes coming back um i i it was 396 to the pin and I was seven yards past the pin on my drive. Yeah. It's so like I blow and, and can get fastened from <laughs> not think I was gonna hit a 400 plus yard drive at sea level, but uh it happened. <laughs> and yeah. so and and oddly enough, the way the wind was coming, it just felt like every hole was into the wind, with the exception of like three. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really like I said it's it was really close to being my number one. Um, the first time I went abandoned until I played P- Pack Dunes the second time. Oh, oh Pack Dunes. So, Pack Dunes coming at number one. Just to me, that, that epitomized Lynx golf. Like when I think about St. Andrews, like the course was there. They just mowed the grass. And I felt like Pack Dunes captured that essence of the course already being there. Right. Um, yeah, it's like I said, there's not really a bad course. And the reason like, like Sheep Ranch, it's by far the easiest course on the property. Yeah. Views, best, maybe best yeah. views on the, on the property. Um, but like it just seems pr- pretty plain mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what i think they were going for a really minimal kind of oh yeah feel and there's some there's some good holes like 17s of they expect depending oh. on what you do i don't know if it were um and i should have that's another thing I should have told you. Is, so when just because it's Utah and so I follow when Tony Finau and Zach Blair were playing there, right behind sixteen, that short part that you could did you did you try to putt it? No. Um, <laughs> you, they, you you can putt from the tee box so, onto the green. That's pretty. It is pretty fun. We did that where we dropped. Yeah. The second ball and putted it. But so when I played Sheep Ranch on the windy day, we finished the day out and the winds just came in so strong. The ocean was white because of white caps. And um, on that short par three, I hit a stinger three iron. <laughs> and I was about 10 yards past the hole. So to, to give you an idea, we went up to the edge, that bluff right behind uh-huh. 
and we were leaning over the edge standing there just letting the wind hold us up it was it was fierce it was the most wind i'd i'd ever played golf in and and i shot 77 that day and i felt like that was a dang good score so if you're that 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 means what did you hit into 18 because 18 is like oh i mean was a driver like flip wedge (laughs) and they they always we actually had a caddy walk with us the next day but he kind of told us all about the course and he's like this is the shortest par five in the world (laughs) it gets Um, yeah it's 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 definitely there the one time we played it we played um the first time we played it it was well the first time we played it was in fog and i think the second time we played it was in the dark (laughs) so um it was that was pretty fun but like say there's some really good things and if you get there where there's no wind the back of 16 and the ones like said when get back and to the the female and when female and Blair were playing there, there's there is a championship tee box that's yeah. that back there. Yeah, it's right next to the green. Uh, yeah, and off right. The edge. And so yeah. you have to come across. And we didn't play it, of course, but that that makes the hole amazing. That one, it's there, and I hit one there, and then and, and I can't remember whether I told you the story where it's there, and it was dewy a little bit. That's not a fun tee shot to try to hit when you, when they got slick grip because oh, <laughs> it slips, it gone. <laughs> they're not like there are some cliffs where it's subtle and it, it kind of rolls down like on Pacific Dunes yeah. and some of the cliffs at Pack Dunes. But when you get to Sheep Ranch, like it's pretty sheer. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, and that's what gives it. I mean, yeah, number nine, that view, basically oh, yeah. the infinity green. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. No, I loved the par threes. And I don't think any of the par threes were over 150 yards. Like they're they're amazing. And I hit um uh, cheap, cheap. Them, there's a couple of them because there's one that I hit. And maybe it was just the win, but yeah, there's the one. There, there's one I had to stripe a six iron into yeah. too. But um there's one with the infinity green and where we were at they had the tees up i hit a sandwich to oh, yeah. like 30 short and then it just rolled number three okay. number three yeah yeah that joins and it's not really because it actually joins with 16 green yep yeah three and yep. 16 match up oh, might have been it might have been eight then seven or eight or something seven, seven. yeah seven eight's the shortish par four and then nine's the par four yep. going back into yeah, into the ocean. So, like, I think it would have ranked higher on my list because it is a links type course. But they had like this long fescue greens that yeah. I was not a big fan of. I felt like they needed to bring in a verticut and just <laughs> that up and then roll them. But um, you know, they had it that way, and to me, that bugged me. But yeah, no, like I said, the views there. I just for what it was, and I think they they do it strictly for right if that course if you made that course hard it's yeah it with some of that wind it would be almost unplayable some of those yeah because of its geographic location it gets hit the hardest with wind out of all the courses and like that far five the volcano hole 
the one that goes back up then you have this little throat where you right. fall up to the flag um smoked driver smoked three wood and i'm short of the green by 40 yards yeah like it's you you can't you can't overpower that golf course in the wind and if it's downwind you better darn be careful because you could just be off the map yeah so uh, no there, there's there's definitely there's there's good holes it just wasn't it didn't really kind of hit me but yeah. and but, you you played the preserve how was the preserve so preserve was awesome and so yeah i did rank pack dunes first i would rank the preserve as 1.5 <laughs> like um perfect band and dunes golf trip five days every morning you play the preserve and then in the afternoon you play one of the full-length courses uh actually probably then i'd probably flip it i'd play the preserve at night you, play so you, go, you go out, you play in the morning, maybe you go play at the punch bowl yep. a little bit, or you go play, then you play the preserve, and then you end the night at the punch bowl. Um, did you guys mess around at the punch bowl a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we had to settle a, a competition at the punch bowl, <laughs> and it went into sudden death playoff after 18, and it was awesome. That, that is a lot of fun. I think that's one of the things we had the most fun with, to be honest. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's crazy and it's like you just you hit some putts and you're like that's just ridiculous where that's yeah. gonna end up it's crazy but um you know overall I, I got to experience every aspect of the facility there um pack dunes was just the crown jewel in my opinion um i made some amazing birdies out there and that was my actually my best round we were in about 20 25 mile per winds and and i shot 73 out there and it felt it felt like a 68 yeah and i think the second round i shot the first two times i played it i shot 70 in pretty benign con conditions and then i shot 74 in my next one which was like you know, it's the whole right after the, the if if we ever put this out it's the one <laughs> the next one the right because you're that's 11 right it it pack that's behind you um mm -hmm. 12 i hit driver flip wedge and then the next time driver two iron <laughs> so and like so 11 it's only 145 yards or something yeah and i hit a stinger a soft stinger four iron to about yeah. eight and made yeah. the butt so like when you're hitting long irons into 145 yard par threes like that should be legit like a soft nine iron for me and i'm hitting a four iron in it's just it's a different game yeah uh, and and i just i mean pack there's like played some fun so 17 our final round the first time i was there um it's it's decent but right we had the wind coming into us about 25 i just hit a nice little high cutty driver <laughs> yeah Cause it just, you get it out there. It's about 20 yards left of the green and just yep. get it high and just drop it right into the middle of the green. You can just hit fun shots like that at courses like this, which is yeah. makes them even that, that much at better. 15, I had to, I had to hit a pretty firm drawing stinging three iron. And I was about 25 feet for a birdie, which I did not make, but 
great hole. I think my favorite hole was, is it uh, 14? It's along the cliff. It's uh, just along the edge and then the green comes up and they have huge natural bunkers on the right side. That's 12. Oh, that's 12. that's 12. Yeah, that's the one that I was talking about. Yeah, that one's cool. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I striped a drive up there and I had to hit a stinger five iron in and made that birdie too. So just ridiculous wind and incredibly rewarding. Yeah, just so fun, like I said. And, you know, I've been there twice and we're going back in, in September of 2022 because when they tried to get it for this year it was all booked up because they, they like to go september and in that september area and it's which is usually the best best weather right i haven't had a really really bad i mean the, our last day we had the first time i went there was windy but i haven't had rain which is nice yeah. um i mean real rain but it's hard to get right and i nitpick a little bit with with some of them and band and trails is probably because i haven't i probably played my worst some of my worst rounds <laughs> there um which could be some of that but uh, yeah no better like i said yeah it's it's just unreal because it should it is just just all golf that's it no distractions <laughs> I mean, we're talking about like the five best courses in Oregon pretty much. So, um, but, uh, you know, even the, the fifth place is, is a pretty amazing course that would be like here in Utah. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's golf. crazy. Oh yeah. Now it's making, making me want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. So getting on from that uh, to the now just doing some tournament review, uh, Corn Ferry Tour, the yeah. Evan Scholar Invitational, Cameron Young goes back to back, gets his first win last week, uh, goes back to back this week. Um, and so learned this week because you know, the, the beauty of social media. So he was college teammates with Will Zalatoris. Yeah. And Will Zalatoris FaceTime and said, Hey, let's get you one more so that we can continue our our Tuesday practice round tradition. So one more and he's he's got it. Maybe he can go back to back to back. That would be a a story to follow. I don't even know where they play next week. Interesting. Um but yeah, so Cameron Young has a chance to go to the PGA tour. Uh the NCA Division One Men's Championship, uh, the finals in the match play, Pepperdine and Oklahoma matchup. Um, so just before we get to that, because we'll get to the PGA Tour University here in a little bit. What are your thoughts of how they do match play? Because it didn't always used to be that. It's it's been fairly recently since they added match play as the to determine the that NCA Division One. Yeah, I think it's dumb. I'm just gonna say it. Like, there's no other way to put it. Like, it's just dumb. Um, they run every other tournament as a team stroke play event, and then they do the championship different. Like, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, 
there's no I mean it's match play you only get two options it's not like oh this team on the fourth round could come back and take it and win it you know to me yeah. it it doesn't give that that uh possible storybook ending it's a little fabricated if i'm being honest yeah and i'm like i said i don't know how i feel about it i think <laughs> match play kind of um i mean it the one thing that it does right if you looked at and let's pull up the the team leaderboard here really quick i mean i guess there, arizona state was only there but you've got north carolina going into the final round i mean they got beat by 17 so they were probably closer than than it looked but i mean you've got pepperdine who shot minus nine in that last round to get within eight right they have the best round of the day by four shots uh -huh. and they get to within eight so it kind of gives the team right that eighth place team that has that's 28 shots back it gives them a chance to to get in it right now you got uh looks like seeds three and four that are, that are going off for that so i mean we did it for our high school region where we did the the championship right we the region you did the final stroke play and it took a year-long stroke play and then seeded for that but it gave teams right an outside chance we did the top four that went into match play um but it gives that four seed a chance right this one's maybe more of a chance because they're a little bit closer bunched right but if you got a team like in our region you know, that's 140, <laughs> probably almost, you know, 200 shots, 150 shots back. Yeah. Going into that, that, that final round, they've got zero chance of, of winning it, but they know they have to stay in the four spot so that they do have a chance of, of winning it. Like I said, this one's different, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, sure it i don't know it's like you're having a stroke play event and then you're having a match play event yeah it's i think i don't know it'd it, be just it's just kind of like a, a a weak attempt at like creating the the final four bracket from the ncaa basketball you know <laughs> like let's keep golf golf make a stroke play and done because who's who's the individual stroke play champion? Not the one who wins the most match play matches, right? Or is it? No. And I don't even. I mean, let's let's actually look at that again. Um, team leaderboard. I don't even think. Yeah, the one, the player who won it, his team didn't even make match play. Yeah. Who won the individual title? Yeah, he didn't even make match play. So, I mean, yeah, you've got the individual championship and then, um, which shout out to Tristan Mandor, junior from Utah. 
best overall finish by an individual from Utah to, with the ties T17. Wow. So he was actually the only player from Utah that, that qualified. So kind of cool that way. But yeah, it's like I said, I don't know. It's, I, it makes it a little bit exciting. Um, but I think if you're going to do that, I think you should have, right. They don't play besides in the big amateur tournaments. They don't play match play during the year. Yeah. And if they had some match play tournaments, that would be cool. Right. You have a two day qualifier and then run some match plays tournaments. If they did that during the year, you're right. It would probably make a little bit more sense. Um, yeah. I, and to me, like a match player versus a stroke player, they're just, you have to have a different mentality because one of them you're playing the course and the other one you're playing a player. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, sometimes you just, you birdie the wrong holes and you, you bogey the wrong holes and you're just way out of it. But you, you probably didn't shoot any worse score than the guy you're playing with, right? So it's like, that's why I just don't feel like match play is that ultimate defining championship declaring process. It, you know, there's no other way to do it for basketball. They're trying to do it with football, but it's just no other way to do it than stroke play, like efficiently and accurately. So, right. Hey, they said we'll see how it shakes up, Oklahoma. Pepperdine tomorrow for the for the national championship. Um, you know, it it does add some excitement, I think, a little bit to it. Um, depending on how you know how it shakes up, but yes, it's definitely a different different format. But to me, match play is fun, right? They've talked to, and they won't. I mean, the PGA used to be a match play. Yeah, tournament and you know as a major so you know interesting concept but i think you're kind of kind of right on that Uh, it's just just (laughs) it's not i don't even know that it's controversial because you're right the rest of the year they it's a it's a standard stroke play yeah um but fun there but going into that kind of they're the top five players in the pga tour university which um is the top senior yeah um in the in the college game so uh who ended up with the most points john pack from florida state david thompson from university of georgia austin ekro from oklahoma state Chin on you from Arizona State, and then Garrett Reban from the University of Oklahoma end up with five spots. Um, those five spots that get status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yep. We had a nice little discussion <laughs> this morning on Instagram. Um, I'm all for it. Um, it gives players another option. Um, 
if they stay their senior year to earn, right? Because, I mean, if you look at these guys, you got with what they've done, you know, John Pax played 23 events, 27, 27, 27, and 22 events. Mm -hmm. So it's not just condensing it down into like <laughs> a where if you play good in two tournaments, you're, you're going to qualify and get, get the five spots, but it gives some guys the, the incentive to stay for, you know, if they're looking to come out after their junior year, it gives them incentive to stay, um, get their school paid for basically get a free, free pass to, to <laughs> get their, their way paid to, to, yeah. for Q school basically. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> for the, you're given a, you're giving an exemption into the corn Ferry tour for the top five and you know, the people have compared against the draft, you know, there's the NFL draft for drafting hundreds and hundreds of players. And then there's, um, the, the major league baseball draft and there's no draft for golf. And so I actually, you know, it's grown on me. I just don't think five spots cuts it. Like if you're going to do this the way other, other universities and professional leagues are feeding into others, like make it 20 spots, like let's get real. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do have a problem with it because in the other sports, it's a little bit more direct connection. I feel like there are some pretty qualified professionals out there that maybe missed Q school by one stroke. They didn't get a card. And then here's some guy, you know, who's fifth on the, uh, college senior rankings, whose career may or may not pan out. But, um, you know, he's yeah. getting a spot and the, the pretty qualified pro isn't. So, yeah, I mean, where I kind of that is, is with the success of guys coming out now, I think that that fifth place guy is just as qualified as as that guy in, in Q school who who missed it. Right. Yeah. They've been playing different things, but I think the competition is just is just as competitive as him playing mini tours or whatever, you know, the court, you know, and then we'll, then we'll see. I mean, there's plenty of guys who have qualified for the corn Ferry tour three Q school who have not <laughs> done the thing and they're back at Q school the next year. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even some of the players we know, like, um, a player out of BYU, he, he Fish was a top. Yeah. He was a top 10 ranked player and he got like seven or eight PGA oh, tour events. Peter Quest. Yeah. Oh, Peter Quest. Yeah. yeah. Solid player. But if my memory serves me correctly, he um he actually didn't make one cut. He made one. One he cut. Did. Okay, one he cut. made one cut. And so, and I'll be honest, I mean, this guy is so good. He destroyed every player in Utah in the Utah Open. And then on tour, like the level of play is just, it's superior, right? And so he probably could have made eight cuts out on the Corn Ferry Tour. But when you throw him in the field at, you know, at Memorial and you're playing against like <laughs> the players that he's playing, like you ain't got a chance. <laughs> and I, I think they do. And there's guys that have come out and done that. But like I said, would you rather these guys, because every one of these guys is probably going to get between four and seven exemptions. If you're the top 
one of the top ranked college players, you're getting probably anywhere from three to seven exemptions somewhere, right? It's kind of how it, it works now, now right? Um, would you rather have them go to the PG tour and get the crap kicked out of them just because they don't, they're learning how to figure it out a little bit or have them go to the corn Ferry tour where they can develop a little bit. Oh yeah. Corn Ferry every time. So, yeah. And that's, that's where I get it in. And yeah, I kind of said, I kind of compared it to a draft, but I was just saying every other sport has a draft that rewards players yeah. for their performance in college. Golf is one of the very few that doesn't in a direct way, right? Yeah. You can get some exemptions. And until recently, you really couldn't even get, there was very few players that got exemptions. It's yeah. becoming way more, you know, way more common. But and I think I think the Corn Ferry Tour is a fantastic place. It's a proving ground for the PGA Tour. And I mean, the PGA Tour comes at you hard. And if, if you don't believe that, like, look at Matt Wolf. I mean, just from third-person stories, guy incredibly talented, gets out there, he wins a tournament, and he's, from what I've heard, he's just lonely. Like, it's hard. It's the yeah. travel. It's the lifestyle. And then you can get people that you've never heard of, like, um, like Zach Blair, right? I mean, he was a good player in college, but he wasn't like top 10 ranked and he knows how to grind. He knows how to travel and he's going to put himself in a successful position to continue to play probably for the rest of his life. But, um, you know, those are, those are some interesting characteristics between those players. And I think you really got to, the best place to prove that's on the corn Ferry tour. And, you yes. know, if you're upset about it because you don't think the money's good, well, that's going to change here pretty quick because they're announcing, you know, bigger purses. And yeah, that's, I think it, the competition there is going to get pretty darn stiff when those purses go up and people from the UK start jumping ship to get more money. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's definitely, and you see guys come that, that qualify for, from the corn Ferry tour. Um, and and compete pretty regularly on the PGA tour. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's the PGA tour university, and this is really the this is like the first I think time that they've that players have actually advanced. All right, right. This is their first the first graduating class from PGA tour university, if if my memory serves right. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, right? You've got five guys. They'll obviously be under some kind of microscope moving forward um, to see how they do and see how this this pans out. But I'm, like I said, I have no no qualms with it whatsoever. Um, you know, those guys that are on the Corn Ferry tour or that go to Q School, um, they have right they just have to get in in yeah. in the, the top whatever i mean i think the top 50 have some status on the corn ferry tour and yeah it's not it's a grind q school's a grind it's not the easiest thing in in the world so um i like and that's why they get 25 <laughs> so i i like it and i think it'll be great for people 
to get that opportunity. Only thing I'd say is expand it, move it to 10, top 10, move it to 15. Let the guys get in there, figure it out. Yeah. It would get there, or I mean, or do you expand it to 15, but you keep it open to everyone and not just seniors? No, uh, I'd say just seniors. Yeah. Warden guys for sticking around. Yeah. And maybe do like the next top 15 into the Canadian tour or something. There's some, there's some things. My guess is that it will change some. It will develop over time, but I think it's still a pretty cool idea. Um, yeah, gives, those, gives those guys something to kind of to work for, right? Being in the top five as a senior is a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that can, I hope the ranking is done really well. I know they're formulating a new ranking process, but like, you could be a great player just in a weak conference. What if that affects your ranking? Then now it starts to determine what school do I go to? And yeah. so the thing about that is, is if you're on a team, but it's right, the conference doesn't necessarily decide which tournaments you go to. Cause if you want, if you follow the college golf thing, it's not just right. It's not just the, the PAC 12 playing against PAC 12 schools. Yeah. Every week, right. You got schools from everywhere and you just have to work your magic and, <laughs> and get into the, the tournaments. And obviously they look at, at your strength of schedule and where you're at to get into some of those tournaments. But if you're a good school, even though, right, the West coast conference is not, although they are not a bad team, <laughs> they're not actually a bad conference, but BYU, right. They get into a lot of tournaments because of, how well they've performed right they're a really solid school even though i mean but you got st mary's it's a pretty pretty good school yeah and they actually have pepperdine <laughs> so they're in the championship so they actually have a pretty so that's a horrible yeah <laughs> horrible example example but. i think the pepperdine's in the yeah they're in the west coast conference well i mean i guess the same thing is you know, as a football player, you're going to want to try to get to like a Florida or a Georgia or something. Right. But not everybody can. Right. Like I said, if you're the best player then in, in the land, it'll, it'll prove itself out. Right. Over time, you got freaking, um, Dustin Johnson from where did he go to? What was it? Coastal Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not a golf powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at this. Just trying to figure out champions tours. Um, majors because Cheka wins again on the senior tour. Um, oh, what was Steve Stricker, Ryder Cup captain. Yeah. Had a pretty 
solid lead and <laughs> did not play well <laughs> in the final round. Um, our boy from Utah, Mike Weir, had the lead after the second round <laughs> and didn't play well in the in the third round. Um, so I'm just was trying to think if because Jake has won, and I was just looking is. Did the tournament he went before, was that considered a major? I can't remember whether it was or not. But, yeah, he's won basically two times in the last. This one here. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah, in two, yeah three tournaments, two times in three tournaments. But I can't couldn't remember whether the region's tradition, if they considered that a a major but I don't know if that it is, but the senior PGA championship is and Cheka shoots minus three to chase down and basically win. I think he ended up winning by five shots. Uh, four shots over. Four, shots. four yeah. shots. But I mean, if you look, go down and look at that and it was really surprising to see Stricker with how well he's been playing, even just on, in tour events, he just I'm yeah. still trying to still trying to, to find find him actually. Ooh, where did he? Yeah, he had a bad day. Shot plus seven. Final round, tied for eleventh. Did he? Oh, why did it pull up? Oh, it pulled up the 2019. That's nice. I was like, <laughs> yeah. where did he go? No, it pulled up the 2019 when I pulled up full leaderboard. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that just tells you how things can, can go on golf sometimes. Totally. Uh, congrats, Alex Cheka. He's on a little bit of a run on the senior PGA Tour. Uh, racking him up some wins. Um, seems to be the thing to do as a as a solid but not super well-known pga tour player they come and dominate the <laughs> the senior pga yeah there's a couple out there that do that and <clears throat> i mean who else did that to some i mean scott mccarran was on fire out yeah. there yeah he's like a three or four time winner <clears throat> but just a guy that hung around but gets out there and he's tearing things up <clears throat> i'm thinking like even some of the older guys and this goes way back to like the 90s but like um i mean hale Irwin was good but the guy won a crap load of senior pga tour oh, yeah well, he did win two u.s open back to back <laughs> what do you mean you think about the magnitude of players like that he was around he probably right. didn't very many opportunities to win to be honest but uh you know, compared, he had like 10 or around there wins, and then he had like 30 plus on the senior. Right. Um, but I mean, he was solid. But there's other guys out there that were tearing up, like a, a Bruce Fleischer, right? Like somebody who didn't play very well in the, the PGA, but then did really well in the senior. There's a couple guys that do that. Yeah, there's definitely a, a few guys that kind of come over and, and take that. Um, there. Um, next one is 
Bernd, Bernd Wiesberger dominates the field. Um, I tell you what, going over and playing in Europe, I don't know what they're doing to these courses, but they're allowing these guys to just tear it up. Yeah. Although I don't, they must not be, because he shot 66, 65. Yeah, 66, 65, 68, 64 to win by five shots, I believe. Um, <clears throat> which, right, when you look at that, I just want to see what the, the par was for the course. Par 71. So, I mean, still, but I mean, guys are consistently shooting those numbers out there right now. Yeah. And, and you get guys that seem to run away with it. It doesn't seem like there's, there was, like, there's been a couple of play, I guess a couple of playoffs in, in the last month or so in like three blowouts. <laughs> uh, so this one did have a few more players that you, you might know, obviously burn Wiesberger's played a little bit over, over on, on the PGA. Ross Fisher's played a little bit over on the PGA. Um, there's some a few other ones, but well, it, the course was one. I mean, just based on a distance question, you know, there's it's a course you can attack. One of the par fives was 472 yards. Um, and then they have one that balances it out at 645, but the total overall yardage was only 6,600. So it's like, yeah, if they're not shooting 21 under, like. <laughs> what's going on here yeah what's going on you, you kind of wonder how the layout is of it and like i said i watched a little bit and it didn't look like it was right nothing terrible i watched a little bit of it when weisberger was basically in in control of the last couple of holes um so yeah weisberger gets it like i said it just seems like unless you got a tournament over on the european tour that's just paying out some big cash and with all the European tour points you get for majors, there's yeah. not a lot of, and WGC events, there's not a lot of really good players over there playing right now. Right. And then you still get, you get guys like this, right. Weisberger and you got Garrett Higo, who's Garrett Higo, who won, who's won twice and actually had a decent showing in the PGA um championship but you got guys like that that won't even sniff even though they've played over there and may win once or twice they won't even sniff player of the year because because yeah. the big guns playing five events over there yeah. and the big ones and then you get all the points for for majors and wgc events that just really just change that shift in power and it just seems like the european tour is is really becoming a secondary tour like not even a discussion anymore right it used to be all oh there's really good players playing over in europe it's not so much that anymore yeah it, it's interesting the merger that they had where the pga tour bought ownership of the euro tour 
because the Premier League was kind of sniffing around. <clears throat> Which they still um, are. That came back up I recently. Know. Um, but, you know, it is interesting as I look at, you know, the last tournament, the players in, in the Corn Ferry event, there's, there's more and more internationals that are yeah. starting to pop up on the Corn Ferry Tour. And, and the reason is, is they're going to get a PGA Tour card. They're in the top 25. Yep. If you're in the top 25 on the Euro Tour, you get yeah, to you, play on the Euro Tour. Yeah, you get to play on the Euro Tour again. <laughs> and, so, and you might get some exemptions in some majors, and that's great. Maybe that's what you, you're aiming for, right? It's not a money grab for you. It's just, I want to get in the majors. My best bet is being in the top 10 on the Euro Tour, and that's how I'm going to get my invites. Right. And maybe that's, maybe that's the play there. But, um, yeah. I, just with globalization and how well things can stretch, I really do think that these tours need to merge and just create two new tours, basically. How would you do that? Because what would you end up doing with the Corn Ferry Tour? Well, the Corn Ferry and the Euro Tour, to me, would just mesh. The, the PGA Tour would become the International World Tour. And so you would expand and play some pretty awesome courses across europe or would and, you just expand the challenge or the what do they call it is it the challenge tour that's the basically the minor the corn ferry of of the european tour i mean uh, would you have those just like that in the corn ferry and both of those just feed up to the to the pga yeah the, the world tour the yeah. pga world tour i think that would be good you'd actually yeah. get yeah i don't know how you there would be some logistics yeah with how it's currently set up that and would have to be shook out they have to deal with that in some of the majors and also the world golf events and you just you make it work if you do a tour event you just do like the uk swing right you got four tournaments out there for a month just like um you know when the let's when go, go swing you do that you do like kind of like the 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 lpga tour does Right, yeah. you go you do there you do a swing through right here you do a swing through like an asian swing yeah you just kind of run that I, I'm... Sweet. and the players already do it and then 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 they get in trouble because they're like oh you came out and played the scottish open to prep for the you know the open championship like they do it all the time it's just yeah. not an official event so it's like well just make it one yeah yeah, it's crazy, but I don't know. We'll we'll see where where that leads. Like I said, I think their semi merger is leading to something. I think they're they're trying to plan something that that probably is something like that. Yeah, but whether that's true or not, because I mean, they want to compete. They want to just basically squash the whole Premier Golf League thing yeah. for good. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Speaking of the LPGA tour and their, their world travels, um, they were in Vegas, you know, the exotic, exotic place of Vegas, uh, playing their match play event. Um, a lot of match play going on this, this, these last two weeks, because you had the, the women's national championship last week. Um, match play, obviously, and then you have the you have the men's 
D1 national championship this week. And then it's kind of squished in between those is, is the LPGA. Um, what, did they, what was the exact name of it? The match play at Shadow Creek, um, but it, that wasn't the name of it. Um, yeah, the Bank of Hope LPGA match play, which, I mean, understandably, the field wasn't super deep. Because you had a lot of players like, eh, do I really want to go put myself through this grind right before <laughs> the, the U.S. Women's Open and Olympic? Um, and you, I mean, you saw it with uh, Shea Shea Feng, Feng um, who the consolation match for third and fourth. She's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> she just forfeited it because she's like. At this point, third and fourth doesn't matter. No. So I'm going to do that. But then you've got, you know, you've got the two players that ended up going into it. So Sophia Popoff loses to to Ali Ewing in the finals. But if you look at how much golf they played right before uh, a major. That's oh. going to test you because it's the it's the U.S. Open, so they're going to make it a little tougher. And my guess is, you know, Olympics going to play super tough. I just oh. don't get having an event like this right before a a major. It doesn't make sense because, right, the quarter sisters didn't show up. I mean, you had you had some of them, but you had when it's pretty sad when you 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 take thirty four ladies and or 64 guess who was a 64 just guess like who was a 64 <laughs> just i mean name a random person that's a pretty well-known name used to be a pretty well-known name in there but uh, i mean oh natalie Golbus. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and when you get to that point where that's your 64th player you're diminishing the event. I mean, well, nothing against, but everything against Natalie Gobus, right? She is not a top tier player anymore. Oh, so yeah, that's well, I agree. I, I mean, why do that? And the players that were smart about it, I mean, they just, they either lost on purpose to get out of there. They're like, oh, dang it. I lost. That's, that's horrible. Open. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, but um, maybe the winner, you know, was something that opened a door for her to get into the U.S. Open. So probably a silver lining to it. But yeah, if you're a marquee player, you better be in the Bay Area prepping because that course is going to take every ounce of your wits. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to to work on that a little bit. So uh, yeah, kind of crazy. But yeah, I think I would have. Right, you play them the first couple of matches just you're like oh i'm gonna start hitting shots that i'm thinking i'm gonna hit around <laughs> around yeah. that i need to hit at olympic club we're gonna we're gonna in some kind of competition setting i'm gonna put these shots to the test and then you then you get knocked out and you you fly to san francisco and go play olympic which i mean the ladies i'm the ladies are playing some really solid tracks <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they got Inverness coming up for the, um, which they played in last year in a major. 
are in a tournament. They played at Inverness. They've got the um, Solheim Cup this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they played at some really solid at some really solid tracks. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who comes away with that one because it's definitely going to be a test for these ladies. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up over par. Uh, I think I I'm trying to find the course information of how they're going to set it up and what the total yardage is going to play. But the, the reality is, is like a 6,500 yard course out in Texas is like a 7,000 yard course in the Bay area. It just, the ball goes nowhere. And if you get that morning, I think you're flipping it. So a 7,000 yard course in Texas is like a 6,500 yard course in, in, in Olympic. Well, no, Olympic's going to play so much longer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So in Texas, you're going to get a longer course, but yeah. I know what you're, <laughs> I know what you're going for. I, that's what I go for, but <laughs> yeah, they're good. You know, and they're, some of them are pretty long in general. Most of them hit around 250. So it's like you're going to, it's going to be a brutal test. Um, so I'm interested to see what the total yardage of the course is, how they're going to set it up, and what they're going to do. Because, yeah, this is Olympic Club. This is, this is the real deal. It's going to be, I think they had, they had a par three, number three. I think they had it at 196. Um, just from some of the pictures that I've that I've seen, um, dropping some three woods into that. <laughs> there, tried to get. I tried to click on course map, but it wasn't um, bringing that up. So, and again, the U.S. Open being the U.S. Open, they don't even like give you the course like facts. <laughs> yeah. I was I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. You would think that they would want that that on there. Um so that people can see a little bit more about that. And maybe I'm just looking in the wrong spot. But but yeah, it's gonna play hard. Um And it's going to play long. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, I would it would not surprise me in one or one bit to see it um, over par, right? Because if they and it, trying to remember, I haven't seen enough pictures of it or watched much of it to see whether it was actually like they're growing up the rough there or not, but. That'll be a fun one to to kind of kind of pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, that I am excited to see some of this footage and uh, and watch it. I think it's going to be a blast for sure. Um, PJ Tour Charles Schwab Challenge. It's the Colonial. That's I mean let's let's tell it how it is. Least, <laughs> uh, I don't know why they have to change the name. To something stupid like the Charles Schwab challenge. It makes it sounds like it's like a, a, a 
challenge event, like some kind of skills skills challenge. Um, but you just call it Colonial presented by Charles Schwab or something, right? The Colonial presented by Charles Schwab. <laughs> At least you get Colonial, keep that in there. Um, but Jason Kokrak outlast Jordan Speed, who has another disappointing Sunday. Um, did you see the graphic though? That of the 54, I was talking to somebody and they they kind of pointed it out to me. He's had 20 54 hole leads and he's converted 10 of them. And they said like Rory, DJ, and JT are like 45%. And mm. and Tigers like 65 of they're 60 of 65 <laughs> when he's had the 54 hole lead. It's that's a stupid statistic. It's well, stupid. Really. We expect the 54 hole leader to freaking win it because we watch Tiger do it 90% of the time. But holy freaking cow, like we we yeah. dearly want Speeth to be back and to just dominate and be he's, the he is. he's close, but he's still he's still gotta figure out the ball striking. I think the the putting in short game is there. Ball strike is not quite there all the time. Um, even when he won, you know, what was it? A month ago, whatever, right before the Masters. Yeah. He still didn't, he still had, didn't strike it great, right? He struck it well enough, but he didn't strike it great. Yeah. Um, but Kokrak, another, you know, gets a second win for the year. Um, but played solid. I mean, well, he, him and Spieth were four shots clear. Yeah. So he played good enough to win. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think if you asked him and he was like, oh, I shoot, did he shoot one over? He shot even. Shot he even. Shot. Okay. He shot even. If, yeah. he, if he told you he was one shot back. Yeah. If you were to tell him going into the day, all you have to do is shoot even to win. He's not even teeing it up <laughs> or he's telling you you're freaking crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, I, and I don't know, unfortunately I didn't get to watch, but maybe it's some speculation here, but did, did conditions worsen? Did it just get more difficult to play in later? In that I didn't get, I didn't get to watch it. I went to a baseball game on Sunday. Yeah. I just saw that speed started out with basically, I think he bogey two, three and four. So he yeah. had three bogeys in a row to, to open his round, basically got it back and then had another bogey on 15 and then puts it in a pretty bad spot in the rough on 18. Yeah. And I, I was like, he did the only thing that he couldn't do, which was hit it in the water. But then that shot, okay, hit it where you're 20 feet short. And then if it jumps on you, you know, 20 feet short, 10 feet right. And then if it jumps on you and squirts a little left, you've still got to look at it. Yeah. You With Kokrak where he was, not having a real chance to go at the pin because he was on the left side of the ferry kind of blocked out, you have to give him something to think about, right? Put a little yeah. bit of pressure on him. As soon as you hit it in the water, he's like, okay, I'll just 
I've got the easy, easy swing to the, to the middle of the green. Yeah. It, an 18 is, I mean, 18 played as the 11th most difficult hole. So it wasn't like crazy hard. It's a 435 par four. And yeah, it should just be like a typical birdie hole, statistically speaking. Uh, it's, you, yeah, there you're probably, I think, I don't know if you've got it pulled up there, but my guess is it was around par was the whole stroke average. But I'd look it up on pgatour.com, but that Can't find website, that, that website sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, nothing too exciting. You've got the Memorial coming up this weekend. Um, but I, like I said, you're, I don't know what's going on this year, but when your equipment highlights, I just looked at it. Tylus was the number one choice in every major equipment category, golf ball, driver, fairway, hybrid utility, iron. Wedge and putter. putter. Like, wow. Like, how about turning that around? Because yeah. five years ago, it was like Taylor made and Callaway just battling. Are you sure this just wasn't like a Titleist, like, <laughs> player event? <laughs> I mean, in reality, they are the one to beat, right? Um, when you as look far at as golf balls, as far as golf balls, for sure. But from a company total revenue, like everybody wants to be Titleist. Um, so yeah. crazy in that regard. But they've obviously stepped things up. But they won the tournament from an equipment standpoint, which is crazy. Yeah, and they, they like I said, they've been solid but you wouldn't over the last five years yeah you with what they've put out realistically that you wouldn't see that until this year this year's been a ton as far as overall equipment all the way through has been a ton better year for them right but Uh, like like the reason the reason they're the top getting the top if money-wise golf balls and wedges golf balls wedges and putters Oh yeah. It's not anything else in between there. It's it's the bottom of the bag. <laughs> but like why are they winning hybrid counts? Why are they winning utility iron counts? I mean, think about that. That's that's a that's a that's a, is a crazy one. Um for sure. Or even fairway and driver. I mean, let's be real. I mean, they did tie somebody else for fairways, fairways. but that to me was just like holy cow um yeah. i'm not like trying to toot titleist torn by any means like i play one titleist wedge and maybe a putter here and there so but i just thought that was a pretty cool tidbit that's definitely a, a crazy um stat for sure because yeah. it like i said i wouldn't have i wouldn't have put it there i would say driver possibly because their driver has been better this year and depending on the tournament that you're you're going to right you're going to get some of those guys in there but yeah i wouldn't have suspected it to be kind of the full sweep uh, yeah the full full sweep of it for sure crazy um but yeah we'll jump into does 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 the tournament champion actually have a a the titleist in his back he actually plays titleist wedges okay so 
Uh, and that was one going to be one of the highlights here. And this is going to be good tips for the listeners out there. So you've got a Titleist wedges. Um, he's got three wedges, 52, 56, 60. But some of the best advice I've ever heard is when you've got your 56 and your 60, mix it up. You don't want a high bounce sand wedge and a high bounce lob wedge, and you don't want a low bounce sand wedge and a low bounce lob wedge. You, you go high bounce, low bounce, or low bounce, high bounce. And the reason is you just find yourself in different positions and circumstances on the golf course where you just might need a high bounce wedge or a low bounce wedge. And so this has been um, kind of a standard thing across for a lot of players. And he does it here. He's got a 5614 F grind, which is a very wide sole high bounce sand wedge. And then in the 60 degree, he's got a 60 T grind, which is probably the lowest bounce offering um, on the Titleist wedge line. So it's, uh, it's pretty versatile setup and uh, it just gives you a lot of options for chipping and uh, shoot hitting different shots. So that's a, that's a pretty awesome build out in the lower end of the bag. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what actual grind he has on that 54 or that 56, 14 F. So that's a lot of bounce and it's, it's a club that a lot of players play out of the sand. So you yeah. just wonder if he's got a little, little extra work on that, on well, that, that bulky, but I don't have a picture in front of me. So I'm going to take a look speculate <laughs> on it. Um, straight up. It's a 56, 14, no grind, no grinds. Hmm. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, but I'm glad. Yeah. Yes, but that is, yeah, that is interesting because I play two bigger bounces on, on mine, but their grind, the the grind is in a in a way that I can I can get away with it. Yeah, um, and I play mostly in Utah, which is swamp city usually. No kidding, overwhelming <laughs> this year with the drought. Maybe that's what I said. I was talking to. Uh, somebody about uh, had a customer coming in. He was uh, from Wolf Creek up in Eden, and he's like, "They're like they are on a water restriction right now." I'm like, yeah. "That may be the best thing that ever happens to these golf courses." Oh, it's gonna get <laughs> well, and you, superintendents may actually realize that you can a golf course can still play good, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be wet and like super lush green all the time. Oh. Uh, all of Bandon looked, you know, there were shades of green, um, especially the greens, but areas of the course, like Bandon Dunes specifically, there was a lot of brown out there. Yeah, and that's what it's grass. If you wanted to get down into the roosts, you wanted to get those roots deep, what do you, you have to let it go <laughs> search a little bit for water. You have to get those roots to, to grow deep, and the healthy lawn actually does start to dry a little bit at the end and then yeah. it gets some water and then it dries right if you over right we've all played on that course that the superintendent is some for some reason doesn't pay for their water so they they fall in love with yeah. with the watering and you end up with mud balls plugs and just oh, so, bad. so yeah maybe the best thing that ever happened to to to, to utah golf um but yeah, coming up next, 
the, the memorial. So there'll be some good golf on both ends. If the U.S. Women's Open, like I say, the Corn Ferry's playing somewhere, European Tour's playing somewhere, Champions Tour's playing somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> the ones I know where they're playing is the U.S. Women's Open and the Memorial. So going to be a fun week. I get to play golf again for the first time in two weeks. Um, so that's what I'm really most happy about. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Be swinging easy, little little Freddy tempo, <laughs> but not Freddy speed. Um, but we'll see how that goes. If I can putt well, I'll be fine. Like oh so. yeah, playing playing tomorrow and Thursday, and we've got a tournament on Saturday. Oh, so. so That'll be fun. That'll be awesome. <laughs> it's it's eagle wood. I don't have to hit. I probably don't have to hit driver off a single hole in that course. So that'll be probably be perfect for the my limitations at the, at the current moment. Uh, but any parting words for for the listeners besides telling them to go play Bandon as soon as they can? Right. Um, yeah. Don't feel like you have to play the tips on every course. Um, you can have a lot of fun playing the white tees and uh, it doesn't mean it's a question of ego, just play golf, have fun. And the game is already pretty darn hard. So don't make it any harder. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Sound advice that, and just go play golf folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Buttercuts podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating, review, and subscribe. We appreciate it. Until next time, keep hitting the buttercut. <laughs>